We've been uh, preaching a series on healing, what the Bible says about healing, and um, we have a very weighty type message today that I believe will help you in your walking in health. I mean, know oh, God wants you to walk in health. He wants you blessed. God is a blesser. He loves to bless people. God's a giver. He loves to give. God is a good God, a sovereign God. And I'm so glad he is good and sovereign and wonderful because we'd really be in trouble to have a God that's so powerful, mean. He's not mean. He's a gracious God. I want you to open up your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Proverbs. Need a little wisdom? How many need some wisdom tonight? I'll take all I can get. Amen. And um, Proverbs chapter 18. Let's stand. Find your way there. Proverbs is right beside the book of Psalms. Right in the middle of your Bible is the song book, the book of Psalms. And then after you get the blessing of the Lord, then you start getting the wisdom of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I want to begin by simply saying this. A man's belly here in verse 20 is not what you think belly. It's a man's spirit, a man's life, his soul. Shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. And I know that's true because you don't eat steak with your lips. Hello. You talk with your lips. You don't eat steak with your lips. You don't eat corn on the cob with your lips. You talk with your lips. And the Bible is very clear about our life is our belly, meaning the inward part of us. And it says, you'll live by the increase of your lips shall he be filled. You'll be filled with death or you'll be filled with life because the power is in the tongue. They that love it shall eat of the fruit, the fruit of death, or the fruit of life. I want to use for a subject words that heal. You may be seated. Words that heal. I'm grateful for the fact that our God sent his word to heal us. Have you ever noticed that we are if we're not careful, we get very negative. We, we get to a place where we get discouraged, we get downhearted, and we start talking very negative. It's very easy to be a negative person in a so negative world. If you change your words, you'll change your life. If your words are always disgruntled and always depressed and always hateful and always doubtful and always fearful, then your life will be miserable. But if you change your words to love and joy and peace and happiness, then your life will be filled with joy and health. In fact, the Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ comes to give us life and life more abundantly. And what did Jesus Christ bring us? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ brought his Word to planet Earth. And he says, 
Now, 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 God's not so bad. God's a good God. And Jesus Christ encouraged the world that God is for them, not against them. That Jesus Christ calls us by his word so that we can nestle in at the throne room of God and receive forgiveness from the Lord. You that are saved, you know how you felt when you first got saved? It was awesome, amen? When you first got saved and your sins were forgiven, you felt so good. Why? Because forgiveness is a gift from the Lord, and it comes through the promise of God. God sent his word to heal us and deliver us. And so I want to talk to you about your confession, your spirit. You know, your mind many times will um, end up, how many, some of you have been deer hunting. How many ever went deer hunting? Some of you have been deer hunting. Um, you know, if you, if you go through the woods and you find a beaten path, you know what that means? That means a lot of things have been traveling in that same path, right? And the more people who travel in that path or the more uh, animals that travel in that path, the more the path gets beaten down, the bigger it gets. And so many times we allow things in our mind to become a beaten path. A beaten path, we're, we're just one track discouraged, on one track disgruntled, on one track down and defeated. And you need to take some new paths, some paths in the Lord, some blessing in God. And let God bless your life and change your vocabulary. You know, that's the first thing God did for me when I got saved, is he changed my vocabulary. God changed my language immediately. Amen? Like the guy that cursed every other word. I mean, he was having a hard time. He just cussed constantly. And he, find, he got saved, and he said, I'm really struggling with this. So he goes to the pastor, and he said, look, I'm really struggling with this cursing stuff. You know, I know the Lord don't want me to do it. He said, I, I've been saved. I've given my heart to Jesus. And the preacher didn't know what to tell him, you know, the Holy Spirit. And so, so the preacher handed him a songbook, 350-page songbook. He said, every time you feel the urge to curse, just read one of these songs or just tear out one of the pages and read one of these songs. Well, he came back the next day. And he said, you got a bigger songbook? So many times, we get caught up in defeat. Judy never let our children talk negative or depressive in depression. I never allowed our children to talk, you know, put themselves down. Because if you allow yourself to grow up under that low ceiling of depression, it will affect your life forever. In fact, words are forever. Scientists tell us that words last forever. They said words, you know, you don't hear them. I, I, I mean, I know some of you feel like my sermons last forever, but, you know, the, the thing is you don't hear the words, but the words go into this sheetrock. It goes into the carpet, goes into the ceiling. Um, the words are embedded. In fact, Jesus Christ said that we'll be judged by every idle word we speak. That God knows every word we've ever spoke. Even when you talk in your sleep, God knows what you're saying. Words are always there. 
They never go away. They are eternal. Why? Because they're spiritual. They may be bad spiritually or good spiritually. And, and I want to talk to you about some, uh, just three little thoughts. And the first thing I, I want to say to each one of us today concerning our healing in the Lord is we need to think positive. Number two, we need to talk positive. And number three, we need to take life positive. So many times we get to the place where we allow our thought process to bully us. You say to yourself things much harsh than other people will speak to yourself. You'll speak very ugly to yourselves in your mind. The devil will try to get you to be so negative. But the Bible is so positive. Hear me, the Bible is so positive. And we need to understand that the Bible is positive and God wants us to understand that he, he, didn't, he didn't create us to be defeated. He created, created us to win. And that's why Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood. Turn with me to Psalm 107, verse 18 to 20. Psalm 107, verse 18 through 20. Now, notice it says in Psalms 107, verse 18 through 20, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about people that are so sick they don't want to eat. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the deathbed here. People are so sick and so to the place of deathbed that they're about to die and their soul abhorreth. They can't stand it. They can't stand to eat all manner of meat and they draw near under the gates of death. They're about to die. I mean, you know, if you're about to die, that don't mean you've got to die. God's a miracle working God. Verse 19 says, then they shall cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Boy, I tell you what, I've spent the rest of my life doing that, crying unto the Lord, because I'm always in trouble. And he saveth them out of their distresses. Verse 20, he sent his word. Right here. God sent his word to his prophets, his word to his son, Jesus Christ. His word he sends forth even today. And he healed them. And delivered them from all of their destructions. Isn't that beautiful? How many would agree that is a beautiful passage of Scripture? He delivers us from all of our destructions. You say, well, give me some New Testament. Okay, I will. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. I'm giving um, Brother Allen a workout here to, tonight. The last chapter of Hebrews. Verse 14, verse 13 talks about us going to the Lord outside the camp. In other words, the world don't want to nestle into the presence of Jesus, but we do. Notice it says in verse 14, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. How many want to go to heaven? How many, how many, how many want a continuing city? How many would like to continue on in good health? Continue on in good blessing? Well, notice it says in verse 15, 
by him, that's by Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. He says, we're to offer the praise to God continually. Why? Because God lives in the presence of our praise. God inhabits the, the, the praises of his people. And when we praise God continually, then God will minister to our needs. Now, notice it calls it a sacrifice of praise. Continually, that is the fruit of our lips. There it is again, fruit of our lips. What's the fruit of our lips? What you say. What, praising God. Discouraged, depressed, whatever, encouraged. Positive or not positive. What you say is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Verse 16, but to do good and communicate. That word communicate is talking and living for the Lord. Forget not, for with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Now, notice something that maybe you didn't see. It says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Well, I don't know about you, but if, if, if somebody hands me a $100 bill, I'm going to say, praise the Lord. That's no sacrifice. You know, your, your, your car's so beat up and battered down, and you start it, and it starts. Praise the Lord. That's not a problem. I mean, come on, praising God when things are going good is not a sacrifice. But when you turn the ignition and the car goes, that's not, you know, you've got to really be sacrificing to praise the Lord right there. When you're going down the road and you flat tire, you know, you got a flat on your car and you no spare. I mean, you don't jump out of the car and say, whoo, glory to God, hallelujah, I get to try to change this flat tire and 40 blow windshield. Well, first of all, if you do that, you're an idiot. But the truth is, we need to be, have a spirit of praise to God. Positive people live longer. Now, don't, don't, don't just take my word for that. Scientists tell us. Now, that's, this is not always the case. Some people die young. I understand that. And some positive people die young. But the majority, the greatest percentage, scientists tell us that you live as much as 10 years older if you're positive. If you have a positive outlook on life. You can add 10 years to your life. Now, that's not in the Bible, but it is in the Bible that if you seek the Lord and do what God tells you to do, that he is going to give you three score and 10, 70 years, plus another 10 by reason of your strength, 80 years, and, and, and God gives you long life, longevity, because you're looking to God. Amen? Come on now. Some of you are not shouting amen, but I know I'm right. I said, I know I'm right. Don't you just hate it when the preacher knows he's right? Yeah. Notice something here. As a man think, let, let's go to uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verse seven. We need to be positive. Positive about life. We need to think positive. How many? How many know that sometimes that's a challenge to think positive? And that's the first thing I want to talk about. Think positive. Think in your heart positive. 
Let me show you something here in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It says, for as he or as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, he's talking about a bad guy. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. In other words, uh, Solomon is giving an illustration that a bad guy invites you to, to, to dinner, and he's not a good guy because uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So Solomon is arguing the fact your, che- your cheating heart's going to tell on you. Solomon knew that song long before they wrote it. Your cheating heart is going to tell on you. And I want you to know, if your heart is not right, it's going to tell on you. If Jesus Christ has not saved your soul and redeemed your heart, it's going to tell on you. If you're not real for God, sold out to God, your heart will tell on you. I don't care how positive how you come to church. Amen. Yes, brother. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The truth is when something goes bad in your life, your heart's going to tell on you. Amen. And I'm so glad that I've got someone bigger than my heart uh, in my heart, bigger than my heart, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we need to, we need to think positive. We need to think And and by the way, when you get born again, you automatically start thinking positive, don't you? You really do. And then the devil comes along and says, you know, you start out, praise the Lord, I'm saved and forgiven of my sin, and you're positive. And then the devil comes along the next day or maybe before then, and he'll he'll say, you're not saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't have acted that way. Well, since when is the devil the authority on whether I'm saved or not? And first of all, if the devil's telling me I'm not saved, I know he's a liar. Amen? But when you allow Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you start thinking positive. At least you should start thinking positive. Amen? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How many know in your heart you're saved? Then so are you. How many think in your heart that God is a miracle worker? then he is in your heart. The Bible talks about us believing with our heart that it will come to pass. We can say to the mountain, not doubt in our heart, that that, that what we say will come to pass. Now, I'm not here preaching blab it and grab it or name it and claim it. But I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ has people that are positive, Positive in their vocabulary, positive in their lifestyle, positive in their work. Amen? Hello? Notice Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, finally, after the storm, after the tribulation, after the pain, the peace of God comes in our heart. We pray with prayer and thanksgiving unto the Lord. We let our moderation be known unto all men. All men, we we love the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he says, rejoice. And now we have the peace of God that passeth all understanding in our hearts and our minds through Christ. Then Paul says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, 
Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Wow. So we need to be positive when we think. We need to think positive. Amen? Think positive. How can I do that? Well, go to Romans chapter 12, and I'll show you what we're supposed to do. Be not conformed, verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world. In other words, pull out of the world. Don't be like the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. How do you renew your mind? With the Holy Spirit of God. How do you renew your mind? Running with the right crowd. How do you renew your mind? Going to church. How do you renew your mind? Listen to gospel music. How do you renew your mind? Listen to what God says. How do you renew your mind? Take the word of God. Read it. Believe it. Trust it. How do you renew your mind? By not being conformed by the world, but being transformed by this good word of God that we can bring forth praise to God and bring honor to God. That's how we renew our mind. You cannot renew your mind with the world. The world will corrupt your mind. Amen? Joe, well, preacher, I just don't want to get so heavenly minded I'm no earthly good. You don't have no problem with that. Let me tell you that right now. You're not even close to that problem. Hello? You're not, I mean, you're not even near that problem. Not only do we think positive, we need to talk positive. Remember I said change your words, change your life. Don't bully yourself. Don't walk down the same old beaten path in your mind. Don't bully yourself. Get your mind set on the things of God. Set your affections on things above, not the things of the earth, Colossians chapter 3. Remember, if you're going to talk positive, you need to start by talking to yourself. Matthew chapter 9, verse 21. Remember the lady with an issue of blood for 12 years? She hears of Jesus. She suffered many things because of physicians. Medicine wasn't working. Doctors wasn't working. She was bleeding to death. She needed a healing from God. She heard about how majestic and how powerful Jesus Christ is. And the Bible says she kept saying within herself, if I can but touch his clothes, if I can but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. She kept talking to herself, if I can just touch his garments, I shall be made whole. Isn't that good? Woo, that's good stuff. She's talking. Remember the centurion that had a, had a servant that was sick? Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 and 9. The centurion uh, comes to Jesus Christ and said, my, my servant is sick and I need you to heal him. And Jesus Christ says to the centurion, I'll come. I'll come to your house. I'll come and heal him. And remember, Saturn said, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Just say it, and it'll be done. 
Well, see, I know I'm forgiven of my sins because Jesus said it. I know I'm going to heaven because Jesus said it. I know that my miracle-working God heals me because Jesus said it. And the centurion said, I'm a man of authority also. You know, I, I, I say to one, do this, and he does it. To another, come, and he comes. Another, go, and he goes. And I, I'm under authority just like you. See, he knew the authority of Jesus Christ. And he said, if you'll just speak the word only, my servant will be made whole. You, you see, the servant knew he was unworthy, but that had nothing to do with the miracle. His, uh, the, the centurion knew he was unworthy, but that had nothing to do with the miracle that his servant was going to receive. You know you're unworthy. I know I'm unworthy. You're unworthy. And if you don't know you're unworthy, I'm telling you you're unworthy. And more than that, God's telling you us we're unworthy. For it's by grace we're saved through faith, and that none of ourselves is a gift of God, lest any man should boast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Now, listen carefully, because you need to understand your healing isn't based on your attendance to church. Your healing isn't based on your offerings in the offering basket. Your healing isn't based on your ability to live for God or how many times you did something nice for God. Your healing is based solely, completely, utterly on the power, the love, and the grace and mercy of God. And God has all that for us. Remember, Jesus Christ said, if you'll just believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Jesus said that, amen? There, we need to be positive about our life and positive, not bully ourselves to trust God. You know, one of the things as a pastor, when I go meet people that are sick or terminal, or Don knows what I'm talking about, been our chaplain in the church for several years now. The, the main thing that Don is going to do when he walks into an emergency room or into, a, into a, a place where people are sick, the main thing he's got to do is he's got to get that person out of that negative mode. He's got to get them into a positive attitude. Hello? Because people are not saved when people are not saved when they're in a negative mode. People are not healed when they're in a negative mode. People get healed when they're in the positive mode. Isn't that good? So you get people excited. Whoo, I'm going to live and not die. You know, you walk in, you know, and a lot of times people are really beaten down and discouraged, and they got this, what's that guy's name, that, that donkey on the Eeyore? Eeyore. I don't know. I just don't think it's going to happen. And you get that Eeyore spirit. Hello? You know, it's sad when you go to church and all you get is no cheerleading, you get downbeatings. And when we go to church, we need the cheerleading. We don't need the downbeatings. Now, there's times that you want to get a hold of someone and pound them down so they'll lose their pride. Amen. Hello. Now, I'm preaching better than you're responding. I know it's Wednesday, but give me a break. Let me know, let me, let me give you this. We need to take life positive. Let me point out some things before we, before we come to a close in the message. Proverbs 10, 11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. 
Meaning we give drinks to dying, thirsty people. We're positive. Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. Isn't that beautiful? Let me, let me show you some things tonight that will change your life. We need to take life positive. Because words are seed. Now, don't take my word for it. Take the Bible's word for it. Jesus Christ said, the sower soweth the word. Words are seeds. And if you sow seeds, seeds after seeds over years that are corrupt, it's going to take a while, but they will come up, and you'll have a forest of evil. And so many times people get turned on to God, and they sow a few seeds, and they expect them to sprout, sprout and come up immediately. But it takes time. It takes some time of sowing positive seeds, living positive in the things of the Lord. Amen? I had a lady email me, and she may be watching this on live stream tonight, but she emailed me on uh, the message Sunday morning, Earth's reentry, and she said, I have a hard time understanding the scriptures. Where does it say, you know, wouldn't it have been more simple if it would have said Jesus was riding the white horse? Jesus was coming. And, and, I, and I text her back. Well, I don't think, it, I, I don't, can't call it text, but I typed it back like this. That's how I type. And anyway... If you ever see me typing like this, you know the book that I wrote, it was all done like this. Anyway, and if I made a mistake anywhere, it was slow mistake. But I, I, I sent word back to this sweet lady, and I said, you know, the Bible, if it's not a book like any other book. You can't just read it and say, there, I know it all. The Bible is alive. And God didn't make the Bible just to speak to people of our generation. He gave us the Bible over a period of, of 6,000 years, or about 5,000 years, uh, as many as 60 authors in the book, uh, in the Bible. They all lived at different times, and you can't very well use the verbiage of our generation back then when they, you know, they didn't have electricity even. And you start using that verbiage, it would be even more confusing. And so the Bible has what I call Bible language. And you've got to learn the Bible language to understand the Bible. And the Holy Spirit will teach you the Bible language. So when you hear the Lamb of God, you know it's Jesus. When you hear the one on the cross shed his blood for the sins of the world, you know that's Jesus. When you hear different things, you know the symbol says it's Jesus. Now, I, I want to just simply say, and I told the lady, I said, hang in there, stay in there, because the Bible will come alive to you. You'll get there when you learn the symbolism and learn the language of the Bible, because it's a spiritual book, you'll get it. Healing's the same way. You've got to learn how God brings healing into our life. You know, so many people go forward and have prayer anointing with oil and we pray for your healing and, and what you're doing is you're shooting up in the sky and hoping you hit a quail. You're shooting up in the sky hoping you hit the target. So many people shoot the gun, the healing gun, they shoot, you know, they shoot the scripture and then they run out there and try to hang the target. Hello? And people are always trying to hang the target after they shoot the gospel is going to get hit and not in a good way. Amen? Healing is something that you learn to walk in. 
Just like, you know, you, and I will admit, I need to walk more. Uh, I mean, I don't want to hold, I don't want to lift up too many weights because I'll show you men out. You know, I'll make it, you'll be embarrassed. But, but you know, I, I admit I need to exercise, I need to eat a little better. I need to eat more steak and more baked potatoes. I need to eat more fries. As Josh says, soggy taters, a little salt, and presto, you got fries. But words are seeds. We need to remember that there's bad seed and there's good seed. Hello. Words are seed. If you need God to move in your life, and, and I'm going to bring this to the message to a close, but look at Hosea chapter 14, verse 2. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2. Hosea says, take with you words and turn to the Lord. Notice he says, take words and turn to the Lord. Now, in this case, they were in sin. Israel needed to be redeemed. They were backslid. Take to you words and turn to the Lord. Take away all iniquity and receive us gracefully. So we will render, there's that word, calves of our lips. That don't mean you got lips on a calf. Calves of your lips doesn't mean that's the calves of your legs. Calves on your lips means, it doesn't mean big lips. Calves mean the fruit of your lips. The fruit of your lips. And so when you want forgiveness of sin, you bring words to God. And the fruit of your lips, you cry out to God. And God hears you. What else could we bring to God? We bring him a chunk of gold. Yeah, he makes the streets out of that in heaven. Well, I'll bring him some of my knowledge. <laughs> he knows your thoughts are far off. And the truth is, a squid has more knowledge than some of us. I said us, don't get mad. Get glad. But, you know, we can't bring knowledge, we can't bring skill, I'll bring talent. Angels can smoke us and sing in any day. And I don't mean smoke, you know, angels can sing. Amen. And trust me, you're not an angel. But, you know, what can we bring God? We can't bring him anything, not our talents, not our money, not our skill, not our past, present, or future. The only thing we can bring to God is help. Lord, you're incredible. God, you're merciful. You're merciful, merciful to all generations. We can go to God and offer him the sacrifices of our praise. We can offer God praise and we can call out to God and say, my God, I need a healing in this body. My God, I need some forgiving in my soul. My God, I need some strength in my life. And you can go to God and bring to God words Amen. from your heart. Amen. Crying out to God. Amen. And God will heal. And God will bless. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. Well, some of you ain't got it yet, so we're going to go one more place. Isaiah 57, verse 19. Isaiah 57, verse 19. Notice when we, we need a positive life. We need a positive life. I said we need a positive life. If, if I say with the words red flower, what do you see? 
you see a red flower. If I see, if I say Chevy car, what do you see? You see one broke down the side of the road. <laughs> if I say steak, rare, on the plate, baked potato, you see blood around the side of the plate, rare steak. So when you speak, your words create in your mind an image. And when you speak those words, you need to create in your mind and your heart an image of what you want. Amen? Now, I'll be honest with you, and, and this is not a negative confession, but, you know, I, I have to have a miracle just to put on my socks in the morning. I do fine with my left foot, but my right foot's stubborn. Judy offers her help, and I never let her. Because I don't intend to give up. Right foot's going in the sock. And I do it. And I, and I dress myself. And sometimes you say, why do you dress yourself like that on Sunday morning? But I, I do things. You know, I wanna, I'm not going to give up. Hello. Don't give up. Don't give up. You say, well, what's the use of trying to live for God? I always mess up. Don't give up. Isaiah 57, verse 19. How did God create the world? By the word of his power, right? God created the universe by the word of his power. He spoke and said, let there be what? Light, and there was light, right? God spoke. When he spoke, he spoke because it was the word of his power. Notice that we're made in the image of God after his own likeness. We're not, we're not a parrot unless you're a fake Christian. We're the only animal on earth that can talk the way we talk, express, put together words to bring to our creator. Now, I believe the animals do uh, communicate with each other. I believe animals uh, communicate with their, 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 their children and, and, and siblings. I believe animals do have a, a, a communication. But uh, the parrot's the only thing that actually speaks words, and it, doesn't, it just repeats what it heard. But we can bring, as Hosea says, verse 14, chapter 14, bring words. We can bring them to God. That goes for being healed. Notice verse 19. I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of what? The lips. He's not talking about mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm talking about apples and lemons. He said, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is, is far off. And to him that is near, said the Lord, I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Now notice that God says in this passage of Scripture, that he will take the words of your lips and he will create in you a life that you want. He'll take your words and create what you need in your life. You're not the creator. You'll never be the creator. But let me tell you, friends, you got saved that way by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's why you're saved. You confess Jesus as your Lord. 
You called on him to save your soul, right? Hello? So I don't know, preacher. You're almost getting into this, you know, speak it and have it and all. Listen to me. Listen to me. Just because other people have abused this message doesn't mean that there isn't great truth in this message. Hello? And so we need to speak what we want to be. That don't mean you run around and say, bless God, I'm a millionaire. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, if that's all you do, you didn't get the message right. You're all messed up. Your light bulb was unscrewed, not screwed in. So, you know, you speak. If you, if you want to be healed, then you speak. When I get out of here, I'm going fishing. If you're in the hospital and you're sick, when I get out of here, I'm going fishing. Well, you say, are you lying? No, because fishing's a wonderful thing. That's where I'll go. We need to be in a place where we speak positive. We need to speak what we want to be. That don't mean that we're speaking something that ain't true. That don't mean we're denying the truth. We don't deny the truth. We don't lie. But we do speak what we want to be. We ask God. We take, take God's words. We ask him to help us. We ask him to heal us. We speak blessing. There's one thing that I have said for years when someone, I, I, I come up to someone, that, I say that without even thinking. I say this and don't even know I'm saying it. I'm blessed. I have got that so entrenched in me that every time I get around someone, I say, I'm blessed. A guy called me up. It's been, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago. He said, I want to hear it. I said, what do you want to hear? He said, you know what you always say. I want to hear it. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I'm blessed. I said, oh, yeah, I'm blessed. See, the thing is, you don't get up in the morning and say, this is going to be a miserable day. You don't get up in the morning and say, I'm worthless and I'm no good. And, I, you, know, you know, I need to just give up. I'm a bad person. And, and, and you know, you just got to program your mind. As a man thinketh down in his heart, so is he. You got to program your mind to talk positive. I mean, who are you edifying when you get in your car and say, this junker's not ever going to make it home? Who, who are you going to edify? I ain't never going to get my bills paid. I'm never going to be able to have the things I need. I'm always going to be beaten down. I'm always going to be abused. I'm always going to be sick. Who, who are you glorifying when you do that? You're not glorifying God. You're glorifying God when you speak that God's a good God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a Savior. Amen? Now, some of you are sitting out there saying, what's this got to do with healing? Everything. Everything. Oh, you can pray that God will heal you, but if you want to be healed on purpose, you got to learn to change your vocabulary. If you want to stay healed, you got to learn to change your vocabulary. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Say, feet, you are solid and stable. You do not wobble, wobble. You say to your mind, mind, you're all there. 
right? You say to your heart, I'm healed because of the grace of God. See, you speak positive. Amen? You say, preacher, you sound like Joel Osteen. No, but I don't look like him. And let me say this about Joel Osteen, and I want everybody to listen to me. Don't talk negative about that man. Don't put a preacher down. Stop that. Don't criticize another preacher. Just stop it. If you're going to criticize something, criticize the error of doctrine, but never the man. And I want you to know, he's got a really nice smile. And he's got a message that's positive. He's not hurting nobody. Amen? The ones that don't want to be deposited ain't going to listen to him anyway. He's not hurting nobody. Say, but he's leading people astray. No, he's not. There's enough of me and you out there in the world to tell folks that they're not that good. Right? Hello? Notice I didn't come up here tonight and tell you y'all... Y'all, Einstein minds, you're glorious, you're amazing. God made you to be the most beautiful specimen on planet Earth. You're greater than angels. You are incredible, man. You are it. I didn't come and tell you that. You know why? Because you're not. Not. Jesus is number one. Hello? Now, I'm not a mathematician. I've got a son that's a physicist. But if you put a one and you put a zero behind that one, you know, it's back behind, you still got a one. And you can put all our zeros back behind that one, you still got one. His name is Jesus Christ. But when we put all of our zeros along with that one, then we bring value to Jesus Christ. Not that he doesn't need, he has all the value we need. But the thing is, when we put our little zero with Jesus, it just makes him more spectacular in the eyes of other people. You know, and, he, and we can't add to that. I understand, we're just adding a zero. Amen? So how much money do you want? Well, let's see, I'd like to have a one with 15 zeros. That's pretty good, huh? But I know what you suckers would do. You'd put the 15 zeros on the wrong side of the one. And then I'd just have a penny. Right? I've been trying to get you guys to think right, and you just won't do it. Listen, if you don't get anything out of this message but this, remember, speak positive. Live positive. Speak what God wants you to have. Speak God's mercy and His grace. Amen? Don't just say it over and over and over again. Because James says our tongue is like a fire. Sets on course. And, you know, I lived on Elm Street in Ozark, Missouri. I probably went through 60 dogs growing up. And I didn't find out until I got in the Bible why I went through 60 dogs growing up. I went through 60 dogs growing up because my mom and dad always said, that dog's going to get run over. And it did. Now you say, that's ridiculous. 
You better rethink this. We need to start speaking blessings on our children, speaking blessing on our grandchildren, speaking blessings on our life. We need to speak. I don't mean we're creating anything. It just means we're speaking positive as God tells us to speak. Amen? Hello. said, hello. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to give an invitation. Josh is going to come and bring a song. I hope you enjoyed tonight. I hope, you, I hope it helped you. And please, ask God to heal you. Ask God to supernaturally heal your body. Ask God to heal your spirit. Ask God to give you what you need. And then after asking God to give you what you need, get on God's side. Talk God's language. Be positive. Be positive. Amen. Talk God's language. Don't talk negative. Talk positive. And when you talk positive, then the healing can come to your life. Because God wants to create out of your lips, the fruit of your lips, God wants to create what you speak. And He can only do it by obedience in the Word to Him. Amen. Stand with me.